Hey, welcome to the all-new Music Heads, music news for music lovers. I'm Bill DeVille. In this installment, Jill Riley will have a chat with Nick Arata of Devochka about what he's been listening to in our guest list feature. In The Essentials, transmission host Jake Rude will talk about one of his favorite Bowie albums. Co-music director Melanie Walker has the next big thing, and she'll chat about uh, Mayor Hawthorne. In the music meeting, we'll break down the new Peter Wolf Cryer album, and we'll give you a sneak peek of a new track from Tom Vec, all in this installment of Music Heads. But first, it's time for the music cast. Alrighty then, Jill Riley is here for the music cast. How you doing, Jill? I'm doing well. Here are some music news headlines for this week. English producer and Gorillaz lead singer Damon Albarn recently spent some time in the Democratic Republic of Congo, where he and several others, including XL Recordings boss Richard Russell, recorded an album titled Kinshasa 1-2 over a five-day period. Now, we talked about this a few weeks Mm -hmm. ago um, in collaboration with local musicians in the capital city of Kinshasa, which is where the name comes from. The profits from the album uh, will be given in aid of the Democratic Republic of Congo to Oxfam, That's an organization dedicated to finding lasting solutions to poverty and injustice. The album will be released digitally on October 4th, and hard copies will hit the stores on November 8th. Yeah, he's been a little bit obsessed with that uh, that, uh, neck of the woods. He had that Molly music album a few years ago, Mm -hmm. and he also has another world music album coming out with legendary drummer Tony Allen. So he's got uh, his hands in a lot of different things around the world music-wise, which is pretty cool. All right. Speaking of somebody who has his hands in a lot of different music, um, Jack White, you know, like since the White Stripes, um, you know, he's been in the Rock and Tours and the Dead Weather. Mm-hmm. He's been producing uh, people like Loretta Lynn and Wanda Jackson. And he just has like he wants projects. And I think especially since um, he started Third Man Records, he's like looking for the next project. This is kind of weird, though. It's kind of strange. And I don't think it works at all. But. After a chance meeting in an airport, Jack White unexpectedly collaborated with Jeff the Brotherhood, one of the members of the Detroit duo Insane Clown Posse. (laughs) Not even kidding. Uh, But he's releasing it as a limited single on his own Third Man Records. Here's the thing. They're covering Mozart, which is like... Oh, that's kind of odd. That's so Jack White. But the Mozart tune that they're covering, I can't even tell you what the name of it is because it has to do with um, perhaps licking one's... I get the idea. Orifice. Yeah, I, I can't even get into it. It's just it, it's so ridiculous. Who knew that Mozart had a dirty mind? I guess I yeah. I actually talked to some of the folks on our classical service mm-hmm. and I said, mm-hmm. is this real? You know, did Mozart really write a song about... You know, you got to research this if you want to find out what it is. And they said, yes, Mozart, he actually had a sense of humor and he was kind of a dirty bird. (laughs) So that's what I learned about Mozart through this. But I heard it. I heard the, you know, the cover of the Mozart. Meh. Uh, Is he having an early midlife crisis? I don't know. 
I have no idea. <laughs> um, but I think it's just another weird thing that he wants to release yeah. on his record label. Because um, yeah, he's all about like putting out the singles. Mm-hmm. Jack White was quoted as saying, we could have done a song with Megadeth and it wouldn't have been as talked about as us working with those guys. And he's talking about Insane Clown Posse and right. perhaps even Jeff the Brotherhood is like something weird to throw in as well. So I don't know, Jack. I don't think it works. It didn't work for me. Uh, but hey, don't let me stop you from going to listen to it. It's all over the web. <laughs> I just don't know what to do with myself. I don't know what to do with myself. Uh, rock legends Lou Reed and Metallica. Okay, here's a collaboration. Uh, they've joined forces to create an album that they've titled Lulu after the German play Lulu Plays. The album will be released on November 1st in North America. And uh, I don't know, is this a super group? Lou Reed and Metallica? I suppose you the could collaboration? Call They'll be performing in the flesh on uh, this upcoming season of the BBC Two show later with Jules Holland. So, I don't know, man. I guess that'll work a little more for me, and I haven't even heard it. You know, it's funny, but I think you could you could know if you'd like this within two notes. You're either going like to it, like it a lot, or you're not going to like it at all. Well, Lou Reed has fast. been talking it up like it's like the best thing since sliced bread, so <laughs> we'll see how it turns yeah. out. Ooh, new sensation. More news after breaking two bones in his foot during a show in Romania, Iggy and the Stooges' U.S. tour dates have unfortunately been postponed in order to give Iggy some time to heal. He had this to say of his injury, I hate this. I hate like hell to cancel or postpone anything. I only saw the doctor because it hurt so much and I couldn't fix it myself. Please be patient. I'm so excited about these dates on the left coast. You suppose when Iggy's sitting in a hospital bed, he's got a shirt on or not? He has no shirt on at all. <laughs> I just like Does in everyday in life, he, I don't even think he owns a shirt. I think you're right about that. <laughs> but, uh, you know, Iggy's getting to be an older guy, so you can't ignore those foot pains. Cause he's he's like just, a senior citizen, practically. Yeah, the he's older you 65. get, the more it's going to hurt. Yeah. Uh, 65, glad you mentioned that age. Yesterday, uh, Queen members Brian May and Roger Taylor celebrated what would have been the 65th birthday of their beloved friend and Queen frontman Freddie Mercury. Um, a charity was held in London with an auction for the Mercury Phoenix Trust. That's an organization in Freddie's honor dedicated to the fight against HIV and AIDS. Um, in a Google blog for the occasion, Brian May wrote, Freddie would have been 65 this year, and even though physically he's not here, his presence seems more potent than ever. Freddie made the last person at the back of the furthest stand in a stadium feel that he was connected. He lived life to the full. He devoured life. He celebrated every minute. And like a great comet, he left a luminous trail which will sparkle for many a generation to come. Happy birthday, Freddie. And again, that was Brian May's message. Very eloquently said. That he wrote on a blog. Mm -hmm. You know, I saw Queen, oh, this is getting to be about four years ago. I think it was at the Excel Energy Center. That's when uh, they had Paul Rogers Mm -hmm. standing in. Badco guy. That's right. And um, there was a part in the show where uh, Brian May was playing 
um, at the, kind of at the end of the stage with mm-hmm. an empty stool next to him. And it just shows that, uh, you know, Freddie Mercury's will always be a part of Queen. I mean, just like that presence will always be there, even though he's not physically there. Mm-hmm. There was a great uh, Google doodle online as well. You know, when you go yeah, to Google. You and Jill, uh, you and Steve were talking about that uh, this morning. Yeah, morning. it's yeah. this great animated Google doodle um, dedicated to Freddie Mercury. And it's just, it was really funny. And if it's still there, I don't know if it's still up right now, but you got to check it out if you haven't seen it yet. All right. Thanks for dropping by, Jill. All right. Thank you. She mm-hmm. keeps them away, Shonda, in a pretty cabinet. Let them eat cake, she says, just like Marie Antoinette. A building a remedy for Chris Job and Kennedy. And it's an imitation you can't take. Queen, gunfire, gelatine, dynamite with a laser beam, guaranteed to blow your mind. New in stores this week, Lindsay Buckingham's new beautiful Imperfection hit streets, as does a new album from Gary Newman. Locals Peter Wolf Pryor's new Garden of Arms album is out too. And we'll be talking about that one later on this installment of Music Heads. Also new music from Horrible Crows, a side project from one of the guys from the Gaslight Anthem. Grace Jones has a new Brian Eno-produced album out today. The actor Hugh Laurie has a new album called Let Them Talk, where he plays some of his favorite New Orleans music, and he's quite good at it, too. Tom Russell's new album features guests like Lucinda Williams and Colexico. There's a new EP from Stepdad and a new Susie Quattro album, too. And right now, we're going to check out a track from The Rapture, whose new album is called In the Grace of Your Love. We're going to check out a track right now here on Music Heads. This is called How Deep Is Your Love? Music heads, music news for music lovers. Time now for the next big thing. Melanie Walker is here. Mel, what you want to talk about today? I want to talk about who I consider Bill to be kind of the future of soul music. His name is Mayor Hawthorne. I sure loved his last album. Oh, man. Mayor Hawthorne is, is super hot stuff. Mm. I mean, if, if you're a big fan of like Chris Mayfield, Smokey Robinson, that whole uh, retro soul era from the late 60s, early 70s, Mayor Hawthorne is right up your alley. Actually, um, Andrew Mayer Cohen, he grew up outside of uh, Ann Arbor, Michigan, just outside of Detroit. You know, he grew up with his parents, Bill, uh, listening to a lot of soul and 
jazz music. Yeah, that's Motown country up it's there. It's Mo- Motown country, yeah. And, and he says he thinks some of the best music ever made came out of Detroit. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean... He, Hard to argue with that. Exactly. But he loves Isaac Hayes and Leroy Hudson and Barry White and Mike Terry. Big fans of all that stuff. And so he, he started rapping, actually, before he started singing. He got his start with a um, Michigan rap crew that he started in the 90s with mm-hmm. some friends called Athletic Mike League. Not that original. Okay. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He was known as DJ Haircut. But um, I hope he had a good haircut. I know. He better have had a good yeah. haircut with the name DJ Haircut. He says he's he's a much better DJ than he is a singer. He said he'd been DJing for 12 years, but I would beg to differ. I mean, I think he has a fantastic voice. He has an easygoing vocal style. It's really kind of pleasing. It he's is quite kind good of pleasing, think, yeah. yeah. to Los Angeles with this uh, rap crew of his and was soon introduced to uh, the head of Stone's Throw Records, Peanut Butterwolf, um, who's also an artist on the label. And uh, he was introduced to Peanut Butterwolf by a friend of his called Noel Skaggs of this uh, kind of retro um, new wave soul group called The Rebirth. Uh, isn't she, she's now in Fits in the Tantrums That's too, That's right, isn't she? she is. Mm-hmm. I totally forgot that. Mm-hmm. What a trip. Yeah. I-, I guess Noel passed on these tracks to Peanut Butterwolf and, you know, Mayor Hawthorne uh, never intended on his Mayor Hawthorne project going outside the bedroom. It was just stuff he made for fun. Yeah. Peanut Butterwolf just went nuts and was like, dude, where'd you get uh, the rights to sample all these tracks? And he's like, what do you mean? And he's like, no, really? Like, it must have been, you know, really difficult and expensive. And yeah. he's like, no, this is all from scratch. Yeah, and it I, was original, totally original It was music. totally original. He yeah. actually recorded all his vocals for the album into a set of headphones because he didn't have any money for a, a good microphone. Yeah. So th- I think that's what gives it that rich, vintage sound bill. I'm not sure if that's really Peter Butterwolf heard this stuff and after two songs signed him to Stone's Throw and he put out um, that first album back in 2009 that we played a lot of called A Strange Arrangement. I discovered him from listening to BBC Radio 1 over in the UK. One of my favorite DJs, Giles Peterson, was playing him a lot. Um, Mark Ronson is a huge fan of Justin Timberlake is a big fan. Justin Timberlake, Kanye West, uh, John Mayer actually tweeted record of the year goes to Mayor Hawthorne Mm -hmm. back 
in 2009. Um, and he actually had him open for him as well for a New Year's gig. So, I mean, he's got a lot of fans, yeah, this yeah. guy. And now he's signed to Universal Records. So I guess the thing is, is like this guy already hit a stride, you know, um, being kind of the next big thing back in 2009. Yeah. But I don't think a lot of people still discovered him. He didn't have the big marketing machine behind him like some of these big labels do. Mm-hmm. So with this new album that he's going to be putting out, it's called How Do You Do? It's coming out this October, on the 11th of October, actually, on Universal Records. I really feel like he's finally poised to go mainstream. I think the public are going to generally find out about this guy, Mayor Hawthorne, yeah. because he really is like this new soul gem, isn't he, Bill? I, I mean, think I think so. That strange arrangement just kind of showed, just showed you what are the possibilities with this guy. And I think this, I've only heard the one song we played from this uh, upcoming album, and so I'm not really that hip to it yet. But I think that he shows promise that he could take this to the next level with this album. He's got a lot of a lot of people in his corner, and I think he's just starting to figure this thing out. And I think uh, this guy, you're, I think you're right. He's going to be the next big thing. about Mayor Hawthorne. It's just not throwback music. He's kind of giving a nod to those artists, but he is also forging this whole thing into a new direction and making some really fresh, great new music. Yeah, he's very progressive. And I Mm -hmm. think that's something that's really interesting about him, Bill, because... You know, there's a lot of these pop polymaths out there, these yeah. these new pop producers like, you know, Todd Rundgren was one of them who put out so many big pop hits. Uh, Beck has become one of those huge new producers that just churns out the pop hits for artist after artist. And Mayor Hawthorne is this multi-instrumentalist and performer who seems to have the chops for that. And mm-hmm. I really think he's poised to potentially not only become a great solo artist himself, but you know he he might become the next big producer. He might become the next big uh, Mark Ronson. Keep your eyes out for the name Mayor Hawthorne. It's Melanie Walker talking about Mayor Hawthorne and his new album. What do you want to listen to from this one? I think we should listen to the new song. If people right. haven't heard it yet on the station, this is "The Walk" by Mayor Hawthorne. Thanks for dropping by, Mel. Of course. Morning Show co-host Jill Riley attended the Soundtown Music Festival and found a little time to chat with Nick Arada of the band Devachka about what he's been listening to. So that's what we have in store for you for the guest list here on Music Heads. You're listening to Music Heads on 89.3 The Current. I'm Jill Riley and I'm backstage at the Soundtown Festival and I'm with Nick Arada of Devachka. Nick, can you tell us about um, maybe a record that you've been really into lately? Yes, and 
uh, I'm glad you got me at this point because uh, I, this record came to me like in the best possible way when, when a friend that you trust that knows you a little bit says you got to listen to this and you don't get around to it and I finally did get around to it and I've been listening to it nonstop. It's by a, a band I believe is from Ireland called Frightened Rabbit and um, uh, they've been to the States a few times I know but uh, this album is called The Winter of Mixed Drinks and uh, can't say enough good things about it Um, really the things that I think you'll like about it is the lyrics are very uh, very universal and deep and touching and the the production is is really fantastic and and inspiring for uh, for any musician out there that aspires to make a record these guys really got their songs across in a beautiful simple simple way um so enough said so nick do you have a favorite song from the record okay well they are all good but i think my favorite standout is um swim until you can't see land that's the one yes oh, is that the one that's okay. the one that's a that's great the song one that stood out for you too yep. okay we've been playing that a lot on oh, the current good. so that's oh, a good so choice I guess, uh, so let's take a listen to it frightened rabbit and um, check it out if you haven't checked out frightened rabbit and if anyone asks you who turned you on to frightened rabbit you can say nick Urata of Devochka. So thanks, Nick, for taking time out for us. Oh, thank you for having me. All right, it's Music Heads on 89.3 The Current. So I swim until you can't see you on It's the music meeting here on 89.3 The Current from Minnesota Public Radio. Today we're going to talk about the new Peter Wolf Cryer album. And to join me is our uh, midday host, Barb Abney. Welcome to the show, Barb. Thanks for having me in. This is my first time on the new Music Heads ah, doing the music meeting. So, yeah. yeah. Well, welcome to the show. Thank you. And Peter Vowley is here too. Peter, what's your title? Uh, associate Web Producer is my title. All right. Well, welcome to the show as well, Peter. Thank you. This is only my second time on air at all. So Really? Yeah. It's fun. Well, okay, it's now time for the hazing ritual. <laughs> <laughs> Peter Wolf Cryer is a Twin Cities band you've likely seen tearing it up on the local stage in the last couple of years. The band's sort of namesake is Peter Pisano. The group also features percussionist Brian Moen. And you'd think by their sound that they're far more than a duo. Their second album is called Garden of Arms. The album shows growth that came in part to the 100 or so gigs they've logged in the last several months. Peter Wolf Cryer also shows a knack for experimentation without forgetting about the songs. This isn't art for art's sake. On Garden of Arms, Pisano shows a more soulful side on many tracks, which plays well next to the layers of loops and guitar with effects pedals and crashing drums. You can also hear elements of free jazz and gospel, and they still sound like a totally modern indie rock band. Here's a track called Having It Out from the new Peter Wolf Cryer album, Garden of Arms. All I regret are apologies From the words descent you awaken me All I want is a lie I'm believing now All I need is to die Hearing every sound 
of Arms is a new album from Peter Wolf Cryer. Barb, is it working for you? Oh yeah, oh yeah. I I like this one, and I know that it's it, it's more what's the word that I'm looking for uh, complex mm-hmm. than the last Peter Wolf Cryer record. Yeah, it's 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 really complex compared yeah. to the last one. I agree with you. It's mm-hmm. it, there are layers, and there are different I don't know influences that I hear that mm-hmm. I'm like wow. And I started writing things down at first. I was taking little notes of like what this reminds me of like what bands do i hear what does it remind you of i thought it sounds so unique it's hard to put a name on anything that it sounds like well it's not any one Mm -hmm. band so as i'm i'm going through and i'm writing down okay right it really reminds me a lot of minus the bear Mm -hmm. you know i really i'm I'm a big minus the bear fan so that's that's pretty high praise you know but it reminds me of that with you know some of the landscape sounds and then there's um I, I thought I heard some like Tom York solo stuff and then like uh, some new pornographers in there and which I thought what kind of stood out the one track that sounds so much like the new pornographers but then a little bony Vare action and it was like it was really interesting like this the different bands you could say that it reminded me of but it, it yeah. not any one in particular so so it's definitely hey this is the new sound of peter wolf crier but i really um i really enjoyed this record it's a nice one i think that you could put in and drive around to and get lost to and not care that you're lost mm-hmm. or f- even for a sunday morning before your show of course yeah. bill but yes <laughs> yes the sunday morning before you come on the air um it, it's definitely would be a good cd for that as well it's a little distorted and stuff though i don't know if i'm ready for this on a sunday morning unless there's a you know nasty hangover that i'm dealing with or something like that what what song caught your ear bar oh it was hard heart it's the seventh mm-hmm. track and i really love like the staccato kind of intro to it and the lyrics from it I really like that, that song that was maybe the most indie rock song I thought from the album I thought that was you know would sound really good on the radio mm-hmm. too. I, I think yeah. so as well mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. one of my arms reaping while the other kiss receipts and it is lost from you taking pictures How about you? Is the album working for you? Uh, yeah, I think it is working for me. It's really good. The songwriting sounds great, but like Barb said, the complex sound is really what gets me. Mm-hmm. Um, there's some interesting production choices. There's some weird atmospheric stuff going on, like backwards sounds, I think, on some tracks mm-hmm. even, and like some weird atmospheric touches. And like the percussion is really layered, and it sounds really rich, and the vocals are layered. And there's something about it. I agree with the Tom York thing. There's something Radiohead-like about it. It reminded me of Little by Little, the song we've been playing lately. But I think my favorite thing about it is that there are some of these songs where they throw a curveball at the listener and it yeah. mm-hmm. really like deviates from their style and their sound. And I think there's a lot of bands who don't take those risks, who are sort of have a similar sound to Peter Will Pryor 
and it felt good for me to hear them sort of try on new styles. And that's why my favorite track is probably track four, um, where they have this sort of heavier rock sounding guitar. And I think that that just totally stands out on the album. It sounds completely different from all the other tracks around it. There's also these like Beatles-esque harmonies on it. and Yeah this rolling percussion sound it just has this like 60s psychedelia vibe for me that track that i really like Think, and I think, too, that uh, Brian, the drummer, must have had a lot of fun playing the drum kit on that one. Totally, yeah. Yeah, and the, the, the guitar is more rock and roll than most of the tracks as well. So I thought that was a good, a good song as well. I think the album is pretty interesting, and I think towards the end, though, it starts to, 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 to lose it. If you guys noticed that at all, like track number 11 was... You know, wildly eclectic and lots of lots of moody. and moody, and and uh, didn't really go anywhere. And uh, and track number ten, I thought, was one of the poppier songs on the album, and uh, had all these odd sounds. But it was kind of a straight up pop song, but they had the signature kind of weirdness along with it too. When I wake up, say the same. I will long for say how my fright. I'll ring it out for you to love you. One of the more interesting th- songs that I thought was was track number three. It had almost a kind of a churchy organ going on, and I thought that was it, it almost it sounds like it was recorded in a cathedral. And uh, so I thought that was hugely interesting. I, I, I caught uh, hints of gospel on, on a, a couple of the songs, too, like, like that one in particular. And uh, I think it was uh, track number five, I thought, was uh, Cut a Hand. I thought that had uh, kind of this bluesy, folky kind of iron and wine vibe mm-hmm. about it, too. So, yeah, I think this was a hugely interesting album. And uh, we haven't even talked about, uh, you know, maybe the best song on there was, uh, I thought, was... Uh, Settling It Off, which is the first single from the album with its old school hand claps and drums and tambourine and that churchy mm-hmm. organ is featured in that one too. And that almost has a little bit of gospel thing, I thought, too, with a lyric even that mentions I'll recite a prayer for you. So maybe there's a little bit of old time gospel influence like on it. this one. <laughs> yeah, so yeah. I think it's an interesting album as well. Here's a track called Settling It Off from the new Peter Wolf Choir album, Garden of Arms. Then recite a little prayer for truth Then recite a little prayer for truth In the arms of one to come Safe from harm going on Then recite a little prayer for you Then recite a little prayer for you Your eyes too wise Your nose too nose We're in a heart
You're listening to Music Heads, music news for music lovers. It's now time for the essentials, where we let you know what records are must-haves to any Music Heads collection. Joining me is our transmission host, Jake Rude. Jake, what you bringing for us today? Hey, Bill. I'm here today with David Bowie's Low, and it's uh, one of my personal favorite releases. It's uh, part of his trilogy, a Berlin trilogy, I should say, mm-hmm. and that is an official term because uh, Bowie actually uses it himself, and it consists of uh, three of his records from the late 70s that uh, he went over to Europe to uh, record, and uh, Low is a first, Heroes, and then Lodger, and um, he collaborated with Brian Eno on all three, and it's, uh, it's my personal favorite um, era of Bowie. You know, he's had so many different... Yeah. Uh, what is it about the era that uh, that makes you like it the most? Uh, well, I'm a huge Krautrock fan personally, and mm-hmm. um, he was picking up all the influences from um, great artists over in Germany at the time, such as Can and Kraftwerk and countless others. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and just the uh, the cold feeling of um, of Germany at that time with the, the wall still up, um, you can hear that in the ambient side of this record. Uh, he did a really great job uh, capturing that feel with Tony Visconti, the uh, producer, and Mr. Eno. Every chance, every chance That inspired so many records too. When you think about it, like U2's Octune Baby was, you know, the, the production and the heading to the dark town, and, and uh, yes. that was an influence on an album like that, I suppose, too. Hmm? Very much so, and it, it, it also influenced much of what I play on Transmission. Um, a lot of the artists that I play uh, cite this as one of the records that they go back to for um, their starting point. As like this, this is the one to sound like, and this is the one that. I would put this on when I would come home from school and I would dream about being in the band. You know, it's one of those type of inspirational yeah. records. So, I mean, new wave artists, post-punk artists, electronic artists, industrial artists, ambient artists, I mean, they all spouted from this record. You know, and the thing about this record, too, I mean, it inspired so much, but probably sold so little. I mean, it was one of those records that wasn't really a hit record for Bowie at all, was it? Right. I think a lot of the mass population, especially in America, were saying it's, I don't get it. It's yeah. too, uh, quote-unquote, arty. Mm-hmm. Uh, there were really only two singles released off of it, Sound and Vision and Be My Wife. And, yeah. you know, they weren't ranking too high on, on the charts. Yeah, Sound and Vision was probably the one that received the most airplay over the course of the last 30 years, I, I suppose. I think huh? it hit uh, number three in the UK, and it didn't do too well in America, but I think it was used in a soundtrack at the time in England, so that really helped it push up the charts. And it's actually the name of my very first DJ night, so that's mm-hmm. another reason why this album means a lot to me. Before Transmission came around over 10 years ago, my first DJ gig uh, was Sound and Vision, inspired mm-hmm. by that tune. Blue, blue, the color of my room, where I will live, 
sit right down. Waiting for the gift of sound and vision. So this, this record was produced by Tony Visconti. He's done a lot of different stuff, hasn't he, over the years as far as producing? He has. Uh, before producing this record, he worked with T-Rex's iconic record, The Electric Warrior. Ooh, that's yeah. a personal fave of mine. Uh, unbelievable record. And Iggy mm-hmm. Pops, the idiot who... Bowie was hanging with during this time in, in Berlin. Yeah, I always had my own theory about about that period. They were both, you know, having some drug problems at the time. Mm-hmm. But it seems like during that era, they each wanted to be each other. I mean, there was the slicker uh, Iggy Pop, and there was the, uh, the the Bowie who became more raucous and a little more wild musically in this period. You Very know, much so. Do you think so. there's any truth to that? I, th- I think so, big time. And you can see that on some of the clips if you go out to YouTube and yeah. and just uh, look up Bowie and... and um, Iggy Pop in the same thing, and you'll you'll see how mm-hmm. they're kind of morphing into each other's character. And didn't a lot of for a lot of the gigs Iggy was doing, Bowie would be sitting back on keyboards playing along with them. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They complemented each other so well, especially in this period. And you mentioned Tony, and he went on to work with a lot of great artists too, who wanted to work with Tony after um, doing the Berlin trilogy with. With Mr. Bowie, mm-hmm. he went on to work with the Boomtown Rats and the Stranglers and Adamant and Sparks and loads of other great new wave acts. Yeah, there was a lot of interesting things that came out of this album that inspired so many, like you were mentioning earlier. discover uh, this period of Bowie? I, I have to be honest, um, you know, I was I was of the MTV generation, so um, I would be watching MTV and Martha Quinn and Alan Hunter would be talking about um, this this guy, David Bowie, and, mm-hmm. um, and Alan Hunter was actually in one of his uh, videos for fashion. That's uh, before he became a VJ on MTV. Well, I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Google uh, uh, David Bowie's fashion, and you'll you'll see uh, Alan Hunter dancing in the background. It's pretty cool. But I suspect that there was no videos that made it to MTV from this particular album. Um, there was one video made for "Be My Wife," and it's actually a very cool video. Really stark. He's in a all white background, but you can certainly tell he was uh, coping with some drug addictions. There, Bowie looks a little rough and. Uh, coked up mm-hmm. to, to say the least but how I was introduced to um, David Bowie was through um, being a Duran Duran fan um, Duran really? Duran would always mention David Bowie and Roxy music as their two biggest influences as well as Chic because John Taylor plays you know great funky bass like, right, right. like uh, Chic does but uh, it's doing what music is supposed to do okay well I love this stuff where where did this come from yeah you know mm-hmm. hey well they were really into Duran and Roxy well who are those guys yeah it's so. kind of, it's kind of like how I heard about uh, the old reggae sounds from the clash that's you know? right yeah mm-hmm. yeah and that's the neat thing about music is Completely. where it takes you what songs on the album are you particularly fond of well I guess I would have to mention like I had said before um, at sound and vision just because it's so pleasing to the ear mm-hmm. and um i also like the other single be my wife um i had it played at my wedding that's what it ah. meant to me so yeah well nice picks yeah. that's jake rude and he brought in low today for us to discuss on our essential segment here on music heads thanks for dropping by jake you bet bill 
Ben Music Hats from 89.3 The Current and Minnesota Public Radio. I want to thank my colleagues for contributing to the show, including Jill Riley, Melanie Walker, web guy Peter Valley, Barb Abney, and Jake Rude. Props to Jill for wrangling a discussion with Nick Arada of Devochka to banter about some of his favorite music. And special thanks to executive producer Melanie Walker and Derek Stevens for making this show happen. And to our intern, Alex Wright. Thanks to members of Minnesota Public Radio and The Current for making shows like this one happen. And thanks to you for listening. Find us at thecurrent.org slash musicheads. We'll wrap up this week's show with a sneak peek of a track from indie rocker Tom Vack, who's back with his first album in six years called Leisure Seizure. Here's a track called Aroused. This is new from Tom Vack. You say-